Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick, Gadienda. Jared Brandon, Gibson, Brands. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd. I'm like, welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled that you are listening to our show along with our co-host and good friend and good friend, Rob Chafe. Chafe. See, we upgraded you. You're not a special guest. So, Mad cow amplification. Good friend is above special guest. Okay. Yeah. What's above good friend? Well, that's for a different do podcast. do I want to know? Friends <laughs> with benefits. Yes. Uh, anyway, so we're going to have a really fun <laughs> show today mind. because, Jared, what's this show about? This show is about the small builders, the movers and shakers. I'm stealing Tony's line. And uh, all the, the people out there saying, hey, man, I think I can do this. And they figure something out and they have their own special thing going on. We want to hear about it. That's that's a great thing about this show. And one of my favorite things that we do on here as well is talk about certain things. And we call them one one. So we learn about guitar necks and pickups and pick guards and speakers and cabinets and amps. Oh, my. And it goes on and on and on. That's, that's right. what this show is about. And tonight, we are going to put the spotlight on our beloved friend, Tony Dudzik, a.k.a. Tony Baloney, a.k.a. Tanya, a.k.a. Tanya Balonsky. <laughs> I have lots of aliases. You, you do. <laughs> some creepy ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are some creepy ones. There's no doubt. So, you know, Tony has a very long history in the guitar world oh yeah and we all share stories together it's always a delight to hear some thing that tony has to share and he's got a heck of a collection of gear so we want to dive more into that we're gonna we're gonna throw him some you know a couple of expertise questions but Mm. a lot of it we really want to hear about tony oh you're so nice yes (laughs) yes yes uh before we do that we need to uh, do a couple of announcements uh, number one, we're going to give a shout-out to Sonic Artifacts. These are guys that are friends of the show, and they started uh, a little sum-up, too. And Sonic Artifacts is a new podcast featuring the best deals and affordable vintage music equipment. And you can tune in every Tuesday. They uh, do a an interview series with builders, musicians, techs, producers from around the world. Around the world? Yep. They got new episodes every Tuesday, and interview drops on Fridays. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Um, They provide links to all the deals on their Instagram at Sonic underscore Artifacts. And they really do have some cool gear on their Instagram I'm going to check that out. Yeah, for sure. It's it's good, and they're they're good dudes. So um, anyway, so check that out uh, at Sonic Artifacts. Nice. Yeah, there's all kinds of great content and connections out there in the guitar universe if you if you keep your arms open they you know you connect i don't know if that's not really i don't know if that's a thing anyways (laughs) okay hey and the other thing was what's that todd one of our new poobahs i like a good poobah yep so do i one of those new poobahs named can you do it right Michio Michio Murakishi. Murakishi. That's right. I've been practicing all week. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. He said, hey, it's Michio. For the record, uh, I appreciate you uh, trying to get the name right. Uh, so he was happy wait, that wait, we wait. tried. I can do it. Okay. It's a Amichio. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, that's as close as uh, Japanese yeah. as Jared's going to get. Actually, Scottish and Vietnamese and New it's Zealand all into and one. South African. Yeah. Um, so here we go. He says, um, okay, I've got answers to your questions because I every, everybody that signs up new, I, I ask them a, a, you know, a series of questions just to get, them know, to get to know them better. Hmm. Okay, gear. His main gear is a 2020 Gibson ES335 in ebony. Says he bought it at the height of the pandemic. His thinking, it says, my thinking, I'll say it from his standpoint, so as not to confuse everybody listening. My thinking was that 2020 would be a low production year. Maybe Jared knows if that's true. My main amp is a Vox AC15. Mm-hmm. It's so key to my tone that I've never gone down the amp rabbit hole. One of the few gear rabbit holes I haven't explored. In terms of pedals, there are about a dozen on my board at the moment. My favorites, though, are the Full Tone OCD, the TC Flashback 2, the Walrus Juliana, and the MXR Microamp. Can't seem to live without it. Favorite part of the show? Anytime you talk about Oasis or Britpop. Hey. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, I just... Um, Hold on. No, There's can, more. Oh, I know, but I, I don't want to lose... it's about this. I don't want to lose you my won't. train of thought. Just put it back in your mouth for a second. <laughs> like I said before, I'm a big fan. In particular, I was drawn to the show when you were talking about the semi-hollows that Noel uses, Noel Gallagher of Oasis, and uh, how a lot of those guys utilized certain pedals to get some movement and create those guitar tones. Stone Roses uh, stand out to me. So uh, I really appreciated that. And John Squire was a can I, can I say my bit now? Player. Tony, do you have anything to add to that? Thank you, Michio, for sending that information. It was great to learn more about you, and now everybody else knows you. Well, I have that could little... be freaky or well, weird. Well, let, let me, can I just do my thing? Sure, do your thing, baby. Two things. The one well, no, thing you that said... well, I got two things. Okay. The the one thing that Michio did not like about his three thirty five is the pick guard. Yes. And uh, he said yeah. he wanted one that was blue spruce. <laughs> blue spruce. <laughs> no, he wanted a wide bevel like the vintage ones. So yes. he sent me an email and says, hey, I love this guitar, but this is bugging me. Yeah. So I said, send me your guard, which he did. And uh, I'm going to make him a version that has the wider vintage bevel. So uh, most the standard bevel is like 45 degrees. A lot of the vintage ones were 30 degrees, which makes the stripes look wider, almost more like a bound guard. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's going to be going out. And secondly, uh, I was watching, I think it was on, I think it was on Netflix. Uh, it's called The History of Pop. Oh, yeah, you were watching that? I couldn't, I, 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 that made me kind of sick in my no, stomach. No, you got to go to the- I what? just looked at the cover thing, I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 you got to go, but there's 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 actually a couple of good versions. I, I, I couldn't quite do the boy band one, but there is one about um, Britpop. Oh. And it is outstanding. Okay, I'm in. And the main focus is the, uh, the tensions and the competition between Oasis Blur. and Blur. Yeah. And but it, it's it's a there's some really great stories. Yeah, and they interview 
uh, well, they didn't, I don't think the Gallagher's participated, but a couple of guys from Blur did. But it's well worth watching. And and there's a couple of other episodes that are worth watching, too, in that series. So, All right. But watch the Britpop one. Well, hey, thanks, Tony. That was a heck of an addition that you added to that. Yes. And my addition is, uh, yes, there were times where they did close down uh, production a little bit, but... Um, for the most part, they... You're talking about all, Gibson? Gibson, they did all they could, and they actually had one of the biggest years last year selling guitars. That's so, awesome. Yeah, they're... People at home with more up. time, yep. I guess. Uh, excellent. Well, we are going to transition right into what's going on in our music world this week. Tony. Yes. Tell us what's going on in your music world this week. There's a lot of things going on in my music world. But um, I bought a uh, – it, it was Brian May's birthday yes. the week before last, last week, whatever it was. And I said, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about this book that he wrote along with Simon Bradley about specifically his Red Special guitar. And there's a new updated and revised edition that covers some of the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, things and that. But this is such a cool book. And I have never seen... They, they literally took apart the Red Special uh, and during restoration. There are x-rays of, of the Red Special. Wow. There's pictures of him and his dad building the Red Special. This is a, like... It's a sub-$20 book. Anybody who is a fan of Queen or... Guitar building or Brian May. Or musical history. Musical history. This is such a cool book. I'm I'm gonna go out there on this is on the must have list. All right. Because there's some great photos throughout. And you know, just just the X rays alone are very cool. (laughs) I mean, the guy's an astrophysicist besides being a rock star. That is true. He's an amazing. So that so I've been I've been pouring through this book and uh, and and just and yes, he is. And I'm I'm just loving it. It's and it's written in a way. You, it's almost like he's telling the story. Mm-hmm. I think you know uh, Simon Bradley may have had some, you know, maybe some editing versions, but it definitely sounds like his voice coming through in the text. So, very good book, Brian May's Red Special. Awesome. That's Buy it good to today. Hear. Good to hear. Uh, let's see, Jared. Uh, this week the wife. <laughs> Actually came down with the dogs, and she brought a special guitar down. Is she feeling okay? She's great. <laughs> uh, the, the guitar she brought was came down with the dogs. I get it. Came down with yeah, right. She uh, <laughs> so she brought the 1974 Les Paul Custom down. Ooh, nice. And this is the 20th anniversary one. It's uh, white. Um, it's almost. In- I don't want to say mint, but it's darn near close. It's really super duper clean. And it's got some of the everything's stock on it. The pickups are stock, the wiring harness, everything is untouched. It's got five hundred K pots, so now is this the um, is this the smoky one, the orange smoky one, or no, the, the no, black man. one? No, this is the white. white. It's beautiful. It's like twenty cool. yeah. I'll send you a picture. Um I don't know if you saw it, Tony Baloney. I don't think I've seen that one, no. I will send you a picture. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous guitar. It's it, it it belonged to my stepbrother, and his dad bought it brand new in 1974 or 75. Oh wow, that's very cool. It is. Yeah, so it's Heavy. 
So you've got in your, in your in your customs, you've got a black one. Yep. A white one. Yep. A natural that. one that is now orange. Yep. I'm gonna have a white custom too, a white custom shop one. And I may have forgot another one along the line somewhere. Oh yeah, and a and a mid seventies uh custom as well, an original one, but that's at Lay's Guitar Pair right now. But she brought it. It's very clean. Um it's actually uh, kind of special to me because when I was 16, that's when my dad married my stepbrother's mom, uh, my stepmom, and um, that's when I first saw that guitar. And it's just as clean as it is 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 uh, when I was 16, and I'm 43 now, so somebody else do the math. But uh, <laughs> it's in my possession now, and um, 27 years. Yeah, it's in my possession now, and it's it's a special guitar. The that's thing cool. sounds. It sounds really, really good. I mean, usually you're like, eh, I don't like the, you know, they're T top pickups, whatever. It's all stock, but actually it sounds great. Yes, it is really heavy, but it's just the sound of it sounds fantastic. Nice. So uh, she brought that down. And um, so I have almost all my Norland era Les Pauls. Uh, the only one I don't have down here is the 79 Natural. And I might have, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Cam Fury, the painter. Yes. He does the sparkle and all the band Super heavy, like speedboat flake. Yeah. Yeah. I am talking with him. He might do something with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, they're fans of the show. I actually tried to get Chase Gullett and him hooked up. So Yeah. uh, Awesome. Excellent. Rob, how about yourself? I got nothing. All I've been doing is working. That's it. I know. Todd is so disappointed in me. All right. You give us one highlight or low light. Those are actually more fun. For me. What was the worst amp and the worst repair you had to deal with? Um, uh, no real horror stories. It's been, I told Tony before we started, uh, it's just been a lot of rehabs of fenders for the past week. Pretty much every model that they make, I've had something come through. And uh, the last one, I gutted a pro reverb, a blackface pro reverb. Um, it came in with all sorts of disrepair, repair hacks on every aspect of the amp at some point. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up gutting it. Left the uh, transformers, the uh, pots, jacks, chassis, that's it. Everything else came out of it. Wow. So, yeah, sounds worse than it really was. I mean, it's almost easier to do those because you just... Rip how, everything out of it. How, how many of uh, the guitars that you, uh, the, sorry the the amps that you get in when you are doing repairs? How many, or or I guess maybe percentage, rough percentage wise, do you end up having to say, "Hey, another big reason that your amp sounds like garbage is because your speaker either sucks or is damaged or blown or whatever." Not very often, actually. Okay. Not very often. Um. I, 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 Okay. <laughs> a good percentage of My what bad, I do. Sir. Thanks, Jared. Um, a good percentage of what I do is um, is vintage stuff, um, and uh, so I, I, you know, I see more re- previous repair hacks. That's usually if I had to say any one thing, it's either going to be no. Actually, I was going to say tubes, but no, probably previous repair hacks. Okay, are probably the, the number one thing I have to re- fix, and then number two, second cause would be tube failure. So okay. it's kind of, yeah, I've never thought about that before, but that's kind of ridiculous that tube failure is number two. But 
Yeah. Pretty much almost everything I have come in, I open up, go, oh, yeah, somebody's hacked into this before and they butchered this. And so we now have to undo whatever they did and make it right and go, right. And go from there. So, hmm. yeah. I saw, uh, I think the, the last one that I saw, this was right after our episode last week, was the, uh, the foil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Around the fuse, yeah. I actually see stupid stuff like that. Do you believe that? No, like, it keeps it from blowing. This is true. Right, <laughs> right, right until the point that it melts the power cord. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so someone put foil all over the fuse that was blown and shoved it back in there. Okay, and and that and why is that a bad idea? What 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 does that do? The fuse okay, now now here's something. I get this all the time. Somebody will bring in an amp and go, yeah, so it blew the fuse. So I went down to you know, Radio Shack or wherever, and I popped a new fuse in. It blew right away, so I popped a new one in. I'm like, oh, no, no. Every time you're doing that, whatever is drawing the excess current that blows the mains fuse, every time you put a new fuse in, it burns and damages something else itself more, something, you know. So you're not really fixing the problem. You're actually creating more problem because the tube – the blown, sorry, the blown fuse is a byproduct of the actual yes. problem. Yes, I can Fu- repair amps. That's why the fuse is there in the first <laughs> exactly, place. Exactly, exactly. Unless your amp is hooked up to a generator or it's a known lightning strike or something like that, the fuse blew for a purpose. Don't replace it. Right. Bring it to a tech. Right. That's the, the a blown fuse is the equivalent of an error message on your electronic or your car or you know fixed you know engine work needs check yep. engine done or yep. whatever. Check exactly. engine light. Take to tech. Yeah. Check amp. Take yeah. to Rob. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's in fact when I uh, at the that would actually be a pretty cool thing to put on the front of of an amp, kind of like a car. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like that would be kind of cool. Like some, some amps have have uh, LEDs on the back that indicate tube failure. Yeah, but on the front it would be cool. Well, okay, because well, like right. a car, yeah. like I just said. I, okay, sorry, Todd. <laughs> Gotta be Todd. <laughs> or on, I, I, on I understand that. Or on the sorry. on the top on the backside like a Vox. Yes, that that'd be perfect because then you'd just keep replacing it because you wouldn't see it because it's on the backside because it's useless. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> See, that turned uh, out to be a bunch of content. I that know. was actually, that actually was, that's a very good point because there are a lot of people that. Which, which, which thing that I said was a good point? Blowing the All fuse. Of it. Oh, yeah. Re- yeah. Replacing a blown fuse. Yeah, yeah. Never replace or a don't, blown no, fuse. No, don't replace a blown fuse. Don't well, that's, that's yeah. I mean, the yes. damage that you can cause by. Re- oh, yeah. Well, well, especially and, if it's covered in foil. And, and that or part, cover, <laughs> putting one covered in foil. And that Leave the foil for the leftover pizza, man. And that particular one that Todd's referencing was on a Softec MiG-60. It blew every resistor was attached to an output tube, which Ugh. is four or six of them, melted at least a dozen leads. Wow. So I think wow. the estimate for that guy, just to make this right, not even do, do anything else in the amp, like we're changing filter caps or doing anything else, just to get it, you know, undo this damage. I think the quote to him was like three fifty or four hundred. Wow! Yeah, it's a lot of labor because I have to unbundle all those wires, reroute oh, them one man. at a time, and probably check to yes. continue to damage. Exactly. It's like going in to say, "Yeah, that mole's not looking so good," but uh, we probably need to check out a lot of other things. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Mm. You have to. Yeah. So. So the answer is tie it to a chain and use it as a boat anchor no he wants to go ahead and do it no oh. he wants to he, he 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 has two of them and he's attached to them and wow. so i'm like all right giddy up let's make them right you know okay. we're gonna do other couple of little things to make them more stable as well but yeah okay. those are solid amps actually you know? yeah awesome 
Good to know. Um, also, I do have a, a follow-up on what we were talking about earlier. You know, you've mentioned several times about like tube shortages and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Actually, I know a lot of guitarists who kind of keep an extra set in their gig bag and stuff like that in case something happens at Pretty a show sure. or whatever. And you said you shook your head no. Well, yeah, and, and what it's um no, it's not a requirement. I don't. How about this? I when I was playing full time, especially I was playing you know 140 shows a year. You know, all yeah. over Ohio, Michigan, you know, everywhere. Um, I didn't carry tubes with me. Um, so I think that says something right there. Here's the thing. If you have a pre preamp tubes hardly ever fail catastrophically, meaning they just fail, they go open, you don't pass signal. Usually a preamp tube will go microphonic, which fancy terms for you get a little ringing sound, some static. Right. If I hear that at a gig, I go, oh, okay, I should swap out a preamp tube in okay. the future. You know, no big deal. If a power tube fails, it almost never just opens doesn't damage anything else. Right. You don't have to get in there and check oh, anything. Oh, it, yeah, it goes kablooey. It goes kablooey. Even if just the tube fails, and I always tell my customers this, take it to a tech, have them check it out, make sure none of the screen grid resistors are blown, nothing in the HT supply, high, high voltage is blown, the bias is fine. Because if you just pop in a new set of tubes, just like with the fuse, right. you can bias. do much more right, damage. Right. So, so while it's on, don't check around and wiggle stuff and stick your fingers in the business. Use chopsticks. Well, what are we talking about? I mean, <laughs> well, I think what, no. What, what are you but, sticking your fingers in? But, but, <laughs> but in, uh, yeah, in, I was in, like, whoa, in, whoa. in Todd's whoa. defense, I think what he was saying is, if there is indeed a shortage, yes, should he have them and just keep just to hold on to them, not to put them uh, in a in an amp? You, you know, what? I mean, that honestly probably wouldn't be the the worst idea because um, they're not going to go bad. They're not like. Something perishable, you know. Now the you're downside, bad. you're naughty. <laughs> the downside is, is that um, okay, Chris Farley. Some techs like myself, I really, really, really don't like using customer-owned tubes um, because I have no control over the quality. Um, and if you buy a tube from somewhere and then I put it in and it blows a week later, right? Because you check all the tubes before you put, like you, you go through all that stuff. Well, yeah, and and I purposely buy from certain suppliers. I only buy certain brands, okay. certain models. Well, good blah, thing blah, is blah. you're only about 10 minutes away from me. Yeah. yeah. All right. There I'm you go. Tubes. Thank you. Hey, Todd, what about you? Well, let me tell you. So uh, I called up my friend Drew Foppy uh, a little while back, and I said, Drew, I love this uh, HX Stomp, but I am really struggling with the idea that I have to have the power cord. I went through that. I talked about that last time. So um, what his recommendation was, uh, we talked about a couple things, uh, and he actually shared a, a great video on his channel. I ended up getting uh, the Fender Engine Room Level 8 power supply. And I had the True Tone CS6. Those are all isolated. It's It's, you know... It's a it's a fine piece of equipment. These are all 500 milliamp outputs. Every single one of them. Strymon Zuma. So I got this one. <laughs> um, it's also you know I was it was a, a afforded and uh, anyways, <laughs> um, so got all that situated so that the way that you have to actually power the HX stomp you have to get a like this splitter voodoo. Lab sells a splitter, and then you just hook it in with their the green cord that uh, that Fender supplies, and also uh, you would have used the same one from it's, the or the True Tone. Actually, called a combiner. 
It's cable. combiner cable. Yes, yeah. technical term. Technical so now splitting it. And and what? So the interesting thing uh, I just wanted to share this part was that I said uh, he said the HX stomp is not drawing one thousand milliamps or an amp. I think that's one yep. amp, right? Yeah, a single amp. But on startup, when you have all those things plugged in, it does have a pretty big draw. Then it settles. Well, that can disrupt a whole lot of stuff. And then if, because like on the True Tone, it kind of like says, hey, whoever needs the most, go ahead and take it mm. from those isolated ones. Mm. These are guaranteed 500 milliamp draws regardless. Okay. So that was... Uh, that was pretty cool. So I'm like, and I and I needed to set up a different pedal board for for demoing little things and everything. So I'm pick, putting the true tone on that one. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But my question was for Rob or or Tony or Jared, um, but probably Rob because you have to deal with you know amps and meters and all that business. Is when you are setting up a board. Mm-hmm. So I started setting up this new one. And I was like, cool. I'm just going to go plug them all in. Right now I'm. I know for a fact that none of my pedals, aside from the HX drum, draw, draw over 500 milliamps just because, well, when I say I know for a fact, it's I know for as much as I know, okay? They're all... Yeah, most likely. They're, 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 they're all just regular pedals, yeah, right? Almost not, yeah, almost nothing draws that much except for But if I didn't have 500 and I was working with a True Tone or a, you know, a One Spot or something, if it's not marked on there... Because a lot of boutique builders don't, you know, say, oh, this is a milliamp, you know, they just don't. Yeah, there's a few different things. Um, Number one. How do you measure it, Rob? Well, well, let's, so, Todd, I don't know if you know this or not, but I also build custom pedal boards for guys. That's why I'm asking you. Um, And that's the first thing I do is I get a list of pedals from them. Then I visit the manufacturer's website, see if they have posted consumption. You're looking for power consumption, you know. Um, And if not, there's a website, I think it's called Stinkfoot. And I don't know what the extension is. It's I think it's, I think it's something uh, a website based out of uh, Europe somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what the extension? Something weird, but Stinkfoot. Hello, you've reached Stinkfoot extension two four seven. Exactly, exactly. Um, but um, basically, it's, please put on socks. <laughs> you just uh, you know you go in there and you click on whatever the manufacturer, and they just have all of them listed. I mean, it's because people just post as they... Right. Just, so it's like an open source... But with so know, many boutique builders that aren't doing you'll that... You'll be like, amazed how many are on there. Will I be it's, amazed? Um, usually, if, if I have somebody, I'm building a board, uh, 12 pedals, um, all but one, I'll find on Stinkfoot. Okay. And there'll hmm. be Earthquake okay. or all these... So if you can't do that... if Okay, well, hold, hold on. We're going down. And this is the order I do it. So manufacturer, Stinkfoot. I emailed the manufacturer... And a lot of those boutique guys are more than happy to just tell you exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So there's no guesswork. Then there's also this tool. Um, man, I wish I could remember who makes it. It's not Planet Waves. Um, uh, I'll, I'll have to tell you about it, and you can, you can post it on But you can't online. use a regular multimeter for that. No, you can, but it's much more difficult. Okay. This, this, me, this box that they sell, um, I wish I could remember who makes it, but it's like 30-ish bucks. Okay. And it's got the uh, the. If five you remember... Yeah, bring no, it no. to the next one. Well, I don't have it, but I'll, I'll send yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. send you. Uh, I'll tell you who makes it, so you can post it. But it's a yeah. It's it's a LCD meter, three digit display. It has a five point five millimeter barrel jack in and out. So you place it in line with whatever pedal, and it measures the current going into your pedal in real time. Aha! Oh, wow. so so it, it's kind of dummy proof, and it's big 
LED or LCD display. And yeah, so that's the last thing you can do. Um, reading it with a meter is tough, though, because what you would actually have to do would you would have to jumper one of the connections between two barrels and then insert your meter. And it's it's kind of janky. So you're yeah. better off to that spend the 30, janky. 40 bucks for that box. And, spend the 30, 40. Yeah. Especially if you're doing that for like somebody else, if you're building a lot of pedals or you're building your own. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great tool just to have, even if you're doing it on your own. And if you're wondering, hey, this pedal isn't working, is it right. turning on? If you turn on your pedal and it doesn't read anything, then there's a problem with the power, the, with the power right. supply, you know? And, and when you start to get into a, a higher uh, draw, that's, that's typically when you're talking about. A, a digital pedal or yeah, something. Digital. It's you know. digital. Nothing analog. Anything Strymon, you're going to need some yeah. amperage. Yeah, you're going to need 500. Yeah. Anything yeah. along the, that ilk. Absolutely. Maris, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Anything digital. You're absolutely right. Awesome. That's what I was doing. Uh, so, anyways, ladies and I gentlemen, like we are going to just kind of talk to Tony Let's and chit stuff. chat. Let's and, have coffee uh, talk. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a couple of softballs really quick and then we're going to. Get into some things. Uh, so we away. got some questions. Questions. And uh, those include uh, Who's some your of the favorite following. knob? Nope. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Me. great if they said Rob? <laughs> yeah. What is the strangest instrument you've ever worked on? The strangest instrument I've ever worked on. Like for his For gig? like a, a pick guard or just in general Let's working on it. pick guard. I'm curious. No, what's the strangest instrument you've ever worked on? Okay, so well, I'll, I mean, I'll assume that means what's the strangest pick guard that you've that you that you or what strangest what's instrument? The strangest Answer. instrument you've ever worked on? Answer Just say whatever. Ways. So is that like did you did you work on like uh, you know the the Devo Cloud guitar? No, I did not. That work would on be the a Devo good Cloud example guitar. of like what's the strangest guitar? Wow. He's telling you how to answer the question. Tony, too. what's the strangest guitar you've ever? I worked remember on? when I worked on the Devo Cloud guitar. <laughs> no, what you would have? No, I, I, I would it. say one of the strangest ones, and but it's actually a pretty cool guitar. Was a um, Coral uh, Belzuki, and it's a, a basically oh, a twelve string. Yes, I've I've actually seen that guitar, and um, it has kind of a butterfly-shaped pickguard on it, like an, an acoustic. I think that's in that type, book type that you in, gave me for my birthday. Tell, type in Belzuki. Belzuki. How do you spell that? B-E-L-Z-O-U-K-I. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was an interesting thing because the guard was long gone off of it, but I could still kind of see a shadow line of the shape. And then, of course, I have some reference materials. Yeah. And uh, so I, th- I think I came up with something that was pretty close to the original. And uh, it was a vast improvement over where it was because it was kind of worn through in some spots there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with huh. the Coral Belzuki. Well, all right. I like that. See, look at that wasn't so hard when you follow the direction. Yes. Cripes. Thank you. Uh, all right. So here's uh, here's one other one. What is your favorite favorite flavor of Cheetos? Mm. I'm gonna say I like the uh, extra spicy Cheetos. Okay. Not the flaming. Not the flaming. Not I, the jalapeno. I'm, I'm drawing the line at the extra spicy, extra hots. Okay, extra hots. You heard it here. All right, let's do one more softball, and then we'll get into some good stuff here. Um, let's see. Have you ever been punched in the nose? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's asking these questions? I'm, I said, people send in your questions. Anything goes. Tony grew goes. up in the 60s wow. and 70s. You know he got punched in the nose. 
Yes. It was, it was okay back then. In fact, What'd that's parents and advocated no that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but before the He punch. stole your skateboard, you go punch him in the nose. Well, I'll tell you a funny yeah. story. Um, I don't know how many people are familiar with Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Um, he was a, oh, yeah. uh, a, a bo- professional boxer, uh, but at the time he grew up in my neighborhood. He and, punched you? Well, <laughs> here's, so he was friends with the family across the street, and everybody was drinking out of the hose. And I go to take a drink out of the hose, and he says, Nobody said that you could take a drink out of the hose. What a jerk. Well, I mean, he's, got, he's gotten much better. He's, he's, he's actually a pretty nice guy now. So, and this is when we're 12, probably. Sure. 12 or 13, maybe. Okay. So, now he's already been in boxing matches, okay? And, you know, on a non-professional level, but still. He's, he's a little mm-hmm. guy, but he's, he's, he's feisty. Um, and so we, you know, and so I said, no, I, I, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> you don't even live here. And so, uh, so we face off and, you know, I, I think at that point, no punches were thrown and my, my mom comes out and says, you kids, stop it. Stop it right now. So in that instance, I did not get punched in the nose, but I have been punched in the nose several times, and it does not feel good <laughs> and usually results in blood flow. You should have lied and said you did get punched in the nose. No, yeah. but my claim to fame is I, I yes, I did fight Boom Boom Mancini. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know the whole story. Yes. And now you know I have a follow the question. rest of the story. How many times good have you day? been punched in the nose then? Oh, I've been at least two or three times. Oh, okay, okay. That's the, the way you said that. I thought it was going to be like double digits or no, something. No, 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 so no. So you're no, like, no. oh, I've been punching the nose plenty of times. I'm like, holy crap, what no. is he doing? <laughs> no, no. I had an no older brother, man. Injuries. I got punched in the nose on a daily basis. In the nose? I could see that. Yeah. In the Jeez. face, nose, head, wherever. Mostly I in would the head, pick though. on the, the, our youngest brother, and the older brother would beat me up for picking on youngest brother. Uh, I just didn't know when to stop picking on youngest brother because I had a beating coming every time. And then when <laughs> I told dad that Andy beat me, my older brother beat me up, and my mom would chime in and said, well, you were picking on Joe. And then uh, everything was even Steven at that point. So, Wow. Mm. Uh, let's see here. We'll do one more. This was kind of fun. Um, uh, let's see here. If you could borrow one guitar, one guitar from a famous guitarist for one night, one so night. a one night stand with their guitar, mm. <laughs> <laughs> whose and what would it be? Mm. I mean, I think just to borrow one for one night, I'd I'd give my buddy JB a call and say, hey. My buddy JB. Wow. <laughs> okay, where do we have the name drop cowbell? <laughs> Uh, John, John, uh, Bozowski? No, John Bentwhistle. John Bentwhistle, yes. <laughs> no, Joe Bonamassa. I would call him and say, hey, do you mind if I borrow one of those? Famous Amos. No, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I am not a big flying V He doesn't fan. like the V. Yeah. Well, one of the um, bursts. I would definitely want one of the bursts that are, you know, getting cobwebs in the corner of his uh, storage facility. Sure. Mm. Um, just to, I mean, just to, to play it. Okay. Actually, I did get a chance to play. Well, that's one of okay. Those, but that's another story. Yes. 
All right. Uh, let me cross that question off the good questions, everybody. Uh, let's see here. All right. So, Tony, y- you've been on the show for a long time and, and a lot of recent 30, 40 years. At yeah, least. at least uh, a lot of people like may it. not even know how that started because we have grown so much since that happened. So much so fast. Yeah. And I honestly, I think a lot of that is because I wasn't sitting there having to flip and doggy paddle a whole show by myself. Hmm. Um, well, you know, it, it all started. Uh, Jared uh, was was the uh, was the driving force in that. Yeah, because I I knew Jared and and Jared. You gotta was, get my friend Tony on here. You gotta love him. That's right. So then, what did I do? I so you, you I called emailed me. and you, I called and you didn't return <laughs> either of those. And I said, you know what, that guy can go stick it up his butt. And then he's like, no, no, he's a nice guy. Once you get to know him, Jared has a lot of those kind of friends. So then, so I finally, uh, I, I had some time. I, there was there was some crazy stuff going on at the time, but needless to say, I, I did dodge you for a while. So yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Well, I and rightfully that. so. It, it it was rough at the beginning. <laughs> if you remember this, Todd, it was pretty much the same with me. Too. I, know, <laughs> I know. It's the same way. Now with we a can't lot get of rid of them. Not yeah. me. I was like, I want to be on. I want to be on. No. So Jared said. Jared said. With his big arms crossed like a giant genie in front of this tiny little folding table. When I said, you should come on the show, he's like, why would you want to talk to me? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even care if you were selling like Beanie Babies. You're you're like, you've got to be hilarious. Let's talk. (laughs) So it was great. But no, so but I had a blast. I mean, I had a really good time uh, on my episode, which is I don't even know what number that was. It was back a ways. Yeah, it was a long time ago, thirty something. And um, and then uh, I must have done okay. I must have passed the audition. Yeah, because uh, Todd said, "Well, you, you want to come back next week?" And you know, so um, slowly but surely, I was just so impressed with the, your, uh, you know, we we gelled right away. Yeah. And I absolutely admire and respect your the knowledge you have for these things, <laughs> the, the ability the to break a uh, a not terribly expensive though I don't want to replace that chair. Got to do uh, it now. Yes. <laughs> well, that was an X chair. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad Rob's sitting in mine. Yeah, he's so, not. No, so, I'm not using yours anymore. Le- legitimately, I wanted to just you know. Uh, I say nice things about you guys all the time. I really do. But, uh, Tony, I, you know, this show owes a lot to you. Oh, thanks. Because you are so willing to share of your time and your knowledge, and you have a you do it in a fun and engaging way. And I'm just really, truly grateful that you are part of the Guitar Noms. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't having fun, and Jared wouldn't, and Rob wouldn't. We, we enjoy doing this stuff. It's, it's a bunch, you know, it's a couple of guys talking about gear. Yeah. If we weren't doing it on a podcast, we'd probably be sitting at a bar somewhere doing it. Right. So, you know, here it's a lot less expensive to drink. <laughs> uh, Yes, indeed. So hopefully that's something that you guys have all picked up on listening. You know, we can literally ask Tony just about anything, and he has some... The wealth of knowledge. It's remarkable. Well, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, he I mean, reads it's a lot. just because I read. He, I've does, got, he reads a lot. And, and I've been at this for so long now that, I mean, I've forgotten more things than most people remember. Yeah. 
So one of the things that I thought would be really fun to touch on, you know, you are always talking about some guitar that you have packed away in your collection. And I wanted to find out a little bit of like how, how you got started on that collection. What were some of the ups and downs and highlights? Hmm. And, and also like where, you know, that's, that's been a long time accumulating. And I know a lot of people who do get into gear, they just at some point say, ah, I have everything I wanted. I don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And there are other people that are never, ever satisfied. So I want to do a, a gut check on, like, where are you with all that? So start at the first part of that, if you don't okay. mind. Well, I think, you know, the. I mean, I have had some really great guitars over the years, and, and I have gotten rid of some guitars that I regret getting rid of but you know that's all part of collecting and name one I was, I was gonna say what's the yeah the one the, the one if I could get it back again would be the first real guitar that I ever got and that was a 1966 Fender Jaguar mm. Ooh, oh geez. what color Sunburst, cool, but bound board blocks nice and um, I got it up in Youngstown in 19... 19- 81, 81, 80 or 81, uh, at a pawn shop with an original hard shell case for $175. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, until, until the late 80s, early 90s, nobody yeah. wanted them. Yeah. I mean, Jazz Masters, Jaguars, any of Mustangs offsets. even. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any of the 1981, I, I, like, I was going to like preschool or diaper school in 1981. Well, I don't even go. think I was doing diaper that. school? I, What's I was that? watching Slow Price Learner. is Right with Mom, and then Days of Our Lives came on after that, and then she made me a bologna sandwich. Nice. Speaking of bologna, Tony. 1981. <laughs> 1981. So, and that's Jeez. that's one that, um, you know, I will have to say, although it was done well, the uh, the bridge pickup was, was dead. And this is at a time where you couldn't just go out and order mm-hmm. a Jaguar pickup. And there were maybe a handful of people rewinding at that time. So I did what every good American did at that no. time. I routed it for a humbucker. humbucker. <laughs> oh, no. I saw this coming. Yay! <laughs> That's about all you could do back then. That man. was all you could do. There was a and store. it was actually more useful tone-wise. Yeah, oh. it was definitely. And I bypassed oh. the... Uh, the, the, the rhythm circuit and I just just put a, a toggle switch down in the, where the three switches were and it worked great for me it was a great that was my main stage guitar when I was playing in the 80s and um, th- but that's one as soon as I you know I was, it was like mid to late 80s and I was kind of out of the music scene for a while and I was getting married and and all this other stuff and and, and a guy that I was working with said well I'd like to buy a guitar and I, I sold it for like $250 at that ah. time. And, you know, I thought I was doing okay. It's about what they were selling for even then. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and That's a lot of money back then, though. Relatively speaking, that was, that, I mean. That's like 500 bucks. Yeah, I would yeah. say double it. Yeah, that, that yeah. would be the today's value. But that guitar, if it wasn't routed. Yeah. If it was original right now, would sell for original mm, finish. Five. I was going to say six. six. Five or yeah. six. Five or six thousand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean the the nice thing about it is if somebody wanted to buy a different pick guard, pop it on there, it would have you wouldn't know yeah. that it was routed underneath. I mean, I would know. I would I would divulge that if I were <laughs> going to sell it, of course. <laughs> right. But um. It's but yeah, not a big deal, man. Those those 
that design just was not very useful for rock and roll. If you were a jazz player, it was great, but no, nah, not even not for, for a jazz. If you're, that's you when know, they came yeah, up with the jazz master. That's the, that's the jazz master. The sur- surf guitar was. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, you got the jaguar. Jaguar, yeah. 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 Um, but it was cool, and you know, uh, that's that's one. If I could, and I would take it back in its state. I mean, with the with the humbucker mm-hmm. in it and yeah. everything, and it was yours. Yeah. yeah. So somebody up in northeastern Ohio or Pennsylvania still has it. I'm I guessing. think a fellow named cool. Kurt did the same thing. Yeah, actually, uh, I think he used two humbuckers though. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's about the best thing he ever did. Oh, so that would no. be the one to, that I that if I wanted to. Um, if I, if I could get back, I probably would. And, you know, over the years, there were, there were certain things like, I think in my original interview, we talked about how I always wanted, you know, the George Harrison 12 string, the Rickenbacker. And, and I was able to find one a couple, 10 or 12 years ago now, I guess not, not a couple of years. And that sort of solved that, but I'm still hungry for guitars. I, as we talked about last time. When did, when did you, when did you kind of say, Ooh, this is kind of cool because like I remember when I was a kid, I was like, th- there the desire to collect something mm-hmm. to say to I to self-identify is is such a big thing when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Every kid goes through some element of that where they're just like, I'm going to collect rocks or yeah. I'm going to collect bottle caps. That was a big thing when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm going to collect baseball cards or pencils or yeah. like there's a load of those things. And the idea is, in a house of where you don't own anything, this is mine. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, that kind of transitions into the guitar, uh, you know, acquisition thing. Yeah. When did you kind of go like, no, 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 this is a thing I'm in doing? Well, I mean, I, as a kid, um, I mean, I think collecting kind of runs in my family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother collected postage stamps. Yes. I started collecting stamps. As I thought a you were going to say husbands or something like. That. No, she only had one, and he was. That would have been good. Yeah, that, that was that was that was more. He he collected Stroh's bottles. My grandmother collected <laughs> bail bonds. But my my uncle, you know, he collected. Uh, he had model trains and guns. Yeah, and and in fact, that was his guitar. Was the first guitar that I learned to play on. Oh, huh, cool! Uh, an old Stella, and. Uh, so those, yeah, I think collecting is kind of in, in my blood. I mean, I know it, it, it definitely is now because, I mean, I still, you know, there are certain things that Your I'll, shop is living proof of that. Uh, I've got, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I collect, well, we talked earlier about books. I've got a huge library of guitar books. Um, I've got way too many guitars, but... Wait, pause that. I know the remedy if, if for you, that. If you had to put a number on how many guitars you think you have in, in your collection. In, in locked away in, in a in a Like total, like for insurance. Place. I mean, are we talking, hmm. can you get it within like 10, like 100 to 110? Or oh, no, 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 well under 100. Okay, really? Well, well, well under 100, okay. yeah. Because I, I was not going to be shocked at all if you said 100. No, I don't, no, I don't have 100. I, I probably at this point have close to 70. Okay, that's... that's and that's, And I mean... I I've, I kind of uh, do a thing where I feel um, a little bit guilty about it, about buying something new if I don't sell something. Uh, so it's one in, one out. Yeah, usually, or sometimes Mute. two out, one in. You know, if I, if I, yeah. Depending on what I'm buying. Um, and so 
um, as much, I'd, I'd really would like to keep, uh, I wish I would have kept everything. I, it's funny you should ask because I, I do have a, a spreadsheet that I have all of the, um, I have that, uh, all of my, uh, yeah, actually I did send you a copy of that. I didn't send you the copy of my sold guitars though. No. That is over so 200. You, so you, you've actually kept track when you've sold. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's o- cool. That's, that's you over. are a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I, I mean, some. I, it's something that I always wanted to do to to remind myself of things that I had. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure the list isn't complete, I, but I, I've done that for just like, oh yeah, what I forgot I had that guitar, and yeah. then after like forty or something, I'm like okay, I'm you know. Yeah, uh, no, I, I I keep a sheet, and I, <laughs> wow, and, I and I just you know keep adding to it as as I sell stuff and as I buy stuff. So cool, but yeah, it's it's it is a true sickness. Uh, the quest is still there, even though I have. Really, just about every guitar that I've really wanted to have, um, there's still always something new or something a little bit different that, you know, I just, you know, as I tell my wife, I could be spending it on heroin and, you know, other things. So that's, those that's are the, the first options. Thing. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, well, okay were, then. <laughs> I could be wasting this on massage parlors and heroin instead of an IRA. Right. So be thankful. Right, that's right. <laughs> two choices, great. <laughs> Jeez, and, but I forgot about the massage parlor. Yes, hey, let's uh, do another quick question here. Okay, uh, can he build from CAD files, or does he prefer to trace old pick guards? Um, so it depends. And I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that. CAD files are not something that I can work with directly. Um, I can, however, uh, work with most uh, digital files, things like, uh, like Illustrator. EPS, Illustrator files. Uh, if I can, so if you have a CAD file, just convert it into an EPS. Yeah, and because you're good. you know a DXF and some of the others, they don't. Will you hand cut all of these things? I, I do sometimes, or. Um, I have a company that I work with here locally that I have uh, templates laser cut. Gotcha. So I have a number of customers who design things, and they shoot them out as Illustrator files. I'm able to import those, set them up how I need, how my guy needs to have them done, and then I'll have those laser cut for master templates. Got it. It's almost better if it's not going to be if you're if you need one guard and not ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred. It's almost better to send your guard because mm-hmm. I can duplicate most off of most guards unless they're damaged or warped severely. I it's 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 much easier and I can get a much better fit. A lot of people say, "Hey, can I just send a tracing?" Well, yeah, you can, but I can't guarantee it's going to fit. And I don't know how you did the tracing with, with crayon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use the extra wide markers. That that really helps. And on three pieces of paper, you have to kind of oh, tape yeah. together. <laughs> So I would say the the best thing to do, you know, and and I always answer this way. I said, if you have a guard, send it to me. I can duplicate it. I can guarantee you that it's going to fit when I send it back to you. I've had you cut at least four guards, and they've one was a Japanese Strat, one was uh, an Explorer, and uh, not one yet has matched up perfectly to a template you've had. Yeah. So it's just that's how varied these things are. Oh, yeah. Are. I mean, it's, you know, and the worst ones are the things like Jaguars that have metal control plates mm-hmm. and everything, everything has is, to fit just. It has to fit perfectly. Otherwise, you get gaps and things like that. So 
it's you know, it's, send in the guard. It saves everybody time yep. and money and headaches. It's gonna and, be perfect, and it, it's as perfect as it can be. But yeah, there's you know, people are you know, they say, oh, it's a Strat. Oh, it's a Tully. Oh, it's a P base. Oh, it's a J base. Yeah, come over to my shop and see the bins that I have of all of those things. And it's a and they all, and it's they crazy and they vary so much mm -hmm. that it's it's just so much easier if I have an original guard and even if you're making modifications to it oh I want to change that you know single coil to a humbucker or whatever right but for placement yeah I get the outline right I know where it needs to go in you know in, where in, top to bottom between you know so it's centered mm -hmm. on line with the bridge and the neck. And it's just so much, so much better. But uh, I guess the original question was, can I use CAD files? And, you know, if they're exported into a format that I can import them and send them to my laser guy, um, yes. There we go. Amazing. Well, that's a good question. That shall is I, a good question. Shall actually. I do a follow-up real quick? And we'll dive into some other stuff? Sure. Okay. Um, is Todd more handsome or witty? That's an actual question. I don't know who sent that in, but... Are we on candid camera? <laughs> I will say that Todd is more witty. I'll take that. But he's, he's not, in a, not an unpleasant-looking man. I, I appreciate that. I can that. say that. I also appreciate whoever sent that in. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get back into to some of the things maybe that you are pursuing. What are, what are a couple of your sort of like, ooh, looking for this. I'm on the lookout for this, or I buy it in a heartbeat. You know, my I'm a sucker for an inexpensive guitar that should be priced much higher. Um, I like a guitar that maybe needs some work or some upgrades and things like that. Um, I mean, I got started, geez, back in the 90s, I guess, um, with... Uh, getting uh, Squire bullets, Japanese Squire bullets. And for those who don't know, uh, the bullet originally came out as a Fender American model. A lot, uh, when production, U.S. production shut down around 83, I think it was, um, Fender Japan got, uh, this, is, this is according to legend, uh, a lot of parts and things from Fender USA were sent over to Fender Japan to make new models. And the, and the Squires, uh, the early Japanese Squires, were some of the best guitars, I think, that Squire slash Fender ever put out. Um, they all have a very similar neck, but the Squire Bullets in particular, at that time, I think we were able to get them for... 100 maybe $150 if it was super clean. And the necks were essentially tele necks. And I would piece together, you know, the body was slightly different than a tele, but I would get tele bodies and add that neck to it. And it made a great guitar. Um, and, you know, there, there, there's lots of, of guitars out there that even though they're not super expensive, they can be made into really decent instruments. Um, and especially if, you know, if you're just starting or, or if there's a certain sound you're going for, or if you just want something to experiment with. I mean, I, the Squire 51s is an, uh, are another example. Those are the, uh, basically a Strat body with a tele neck and it had the big, like a 51 P bass, 
uh, pick guard that went over, uh, covered both horns. Mm. And there are a lot of people out there who experimented with those and changed out pickups and put new bridges and different things on. So they're they're a really good uh, test bed for, you know, trying out different things without spending a lot of money or at least you have a good starting point. Because, you know, they're decent made instruments, but, you know. Have you ever been into Burns? Like the, you know. I had, I had a bison a long time. It was a reissue, uh, one of the Burns bisons. Because those, those original ones are pretty expensive. Oh, yeah. Well, the UK models are just, yeah, outrageously expensive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought they were – and the, the, the reissue was pretty good. But it's such a – the bison in particular is kind of an unwieldy instrument. Mm. It's got those big yeah. steer horns. And uh, it's uh, you know I, I I that that one didn't stay in the collection very long yeah but uh, was but it, I was it green yeah it was the green yeah. and black burst yeah yeah that's a, it's a it's a crazy kind of fun get, looking guitar yeah but there's there's lots of great ones out there I mean right now it seems like the hot ticket were the original Dan Electro reissues the ones that were made in Korea. Not and the Longhorns. Not the Longhorns. Ugh, we went through that. Already. I love the Longhorns. Yeah, you would. I love them. I love them. <sighs> but no, the, you know, like the uh, the U2s yeah. uh, and things like that. Those. It are, seems like they keep reissuing that. I, well, what? they do, but they've changed the, the formula. A lot of the new reissues are solid body instruments. Mm-hmm. The first reissues, the Korean-made ones, were made like the originals, where they had masonite top and back right. and a pine frame. And in fact, and know, for those who don't know what masonite is, masonite is the stuff that clipboards are made out of, essentially. Exactly. So, That's exactly. You know, <laughs> and that was also, you know, so my interest in old Dan Electros led me to go uh, to the original series of Reverends, which were also made the same way. the The first run of USA Reverend guitars were made pretty much like a stylish Dan Electro, mm-hmm. and had masonite top and back. Uh, Joe Naylor did an incredible job with those with those guitars. Now uh, most of the the newer lines are they're an import line and and they're mostly solid body instruments. Um, but the original ones were I they were just great guitars. Hmm. I, had, I think I had a Spy and a Rocco at, at one point in time. So. Excellent. Uh, those usually go a little over a thousand dollars a piece now. Yeah, they do. The, the original it, line. Yeah. And I mean, when I think when I got mine, were they, they were, were they nice to play? Because like, like kind of like the Japanese super ones. Nice. Really? Super nice. Okay. Yeah, the, they're great guitars. Yeah, the original ones, um, as I'm told, legend goes, uh, that uh, the very earliest ones had uh, all parts strat necks on them that had an extra notch cut in. So it had, if you've seen mm-hmm. the stair step headstock that's on on. Uh, Wait, are you talking about what guitar? You switched up. I'm talking about reverence. Okay, because you you fl- I thought you were still talking about the, I was uh, the Dan Electros. Well, no, actually, but both in both cases, yes. Okay. I mean, the original run of the Danos, uh, the reissues, honestly, I think they play better than the 50s and 60s. That's, that's my question. Those old ones, because a lot of people love the Japanese ones, and they love the Taiskos. Yeah. And the, you know, yeah. Sorry, Taisko. Taisko. Taisko, like yes, Seiko. Like Seiko. I get, um, get that right, everybody. I was everybody. Just talking to Joe Naylor at NAMM, and I said, hey, man, I'm kind of looking for one of those original run. Uh, Masonites, and he's like, I only got one of them, and I'll sell you, sell it to you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, he's like, Yeah, it's like the number one. It's the first one I ever built. And you didn't buy it? 
it was a six-digit number. Oh, holy oh. mackerel! Well, I'm s- somebody I'm will buy it. I'm not six. It's a five. Five-digit. I'm say you including what. decimal point in there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, it's a fi- it's a five digit that's, number. That's still that's still a lot. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's the first one. I yeah. I think he he could easily get what he Jeez. said he wanted. Oh, for absolutely. It. I, and I actually absolutely. sat there and thought about it because I I could have given him that money and I'm like, well, hmm. yeah. Nah. And then I said, no, you keep that one. You that's yours. No, you, you keep just that. go ahead He's and like, hold yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, he that said ni- my wife would I don't want to take me. that. That was nice of you, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. Cash I mean, in I the Roth IRA. And <laughs> but, you know. You no, know. I could have just wrote him a check, and he, he said his wife would kill him. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Don't, don't so that. along those same lines, I mean, I like guitars like that. I like the Eastwood line because, again, it is a, in many cases, the Eastwood reissues look the part but they're actually a lot of times better than the yeah. pieces that they're replicating because let's face it a lot of this japanese models and other models from the from the 60s and maybe in the 50s 60s mostly i think is what they focus on in 70s yeah they were not super great well-made right. guitars they look cool yeah they don't play cool no they're they hurt your hands yeah now every eastwood i've ever owned has felt great it plays well sounds good it may not be exactly the you know yeah. the piece but you know they're they're replicating what were close. cheap guitars near there partner partner there so and and uh, mike robinson was uh was another one of our guests yeah he was on. great and uh check out that line that's that's a that's another great line of, of guitars. exactly all right tony pina colada are getting caught in the rain i love making love at midnight Please, I don't, nobody I don't comment. Just let that. it go. <laughs> okay. With what? Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, that's okay. part of that's part of the song too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now you have uh, you have gas. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> We've established gear acquisition syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Guilty is charged. What do you think? From for right now with the with types of models and everything that are coming out, do you think it's easier to or harder to become a collector at this point, or start understanding how to collect? Or is there any kind of like advice you can give to somebody who might be wanting to, you know, how do you do this well? What I will say is, when I was buying things that were by today's standards you know, super cheap prices, I thought they were too much. Yeah. You know, I, I used to have like a limit of, if I were buying something, it might be 250 or $300. Well, now I've conservatively doubled that. That at zero. You know, well, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, the, I think perspective is very important. And you might think that you're paying a lot of money for something, but if you look at the market trends and if you buy smart um, and you buy something that has a lot of upside potential, um, I, I don't think you will lose money. Especially, I mean, you might have to hold on to things for 10, 15 years. Um, but, I, but I think that if you can find something that you 
think is popular and that you enjoy. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I don't buy things just to say, "Oh, check that box. I've I've got a you know a, a Tele Custom blah 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 blah." Right. Um, it, it's it. They ha- it has to be something that I really you know w- will you, play. Do you, think that, do you think that you you follow your what you think you want more than going to a show? Like a, a like not I don't mean damn nam or something like that, yeah. but like going to a show and you're like ooh, ooh I'm that I need that. <laughs> I, I've had those reactions before, and I have uh, uh, I have uh, also I mean there, I could, there's only a handful of guitars that I've bought with the um, under the guise of this being a good investment. Mm. Um. And I've I've made the, I've told myself that every single time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize these are tools. And if you're not going, I mean, it, if you're not going to use them, it's probably better off to let someone else have a go with it. Oh, that's fair. But I like having a pretty full arsenal too. Yeah. And, um, that, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I was going through cases and things like that saying, oh, I forgot I had that. And, you know, you go through the list and it's, 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 it, I, it, it's almost, I feel guilty about it. First world problems for sure. First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're searching and reverb for a guitar. You're like, boy, I'd sure like to have one of those. And oh, then, and then the do. next week you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about one of those already. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, Anybody that wants to collect guitars, figure out what your budget is. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that say, well, I only want one really good, really expensive guitar. Knock yourself out. I'm not that guy. Neither am I. (laughs) Are you that guy, pal? You're that guy, pal? Are you? Yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, Okay, here's a question. Um, Checkerboard guitar... uh, Checkerboard... Pick guard material. Yes. Now, I'm not sure if this is a question about actual like checkerboard flat pick guard material, or if he's he or she is referencing the um, uh, like a binding, like a checkerboard binding, I or, think they're re- they're or probably a herringbone re- binding. Probably referring to flat pick guard material. Okay. So um, up until pretty recently, I could get um, what was essentially screen printed checkerboard on the backside of clear black and white checkerboard um the company that was making that is out of business so that has been hard to find or impossible to find really um but you could use any other kind of printer you could put gift wrap paper on the backside of a clear thing and it would look cool oh yeah i have a lot of people that i make clear guards for and that's exactly what they do that'd be fun a little a super hmm. full-blown christmas yeah. themed guitar <laughs> Just thinking about that parts caster, that would be cool. We should make one and then give it away. On a couple of Brad Paisley's guitars, they have my... We should give a Brad Paisley guitar away. <laughs> Let me talk to Bill Crook. <laughs> 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 but uh, there are, you know, there were clear guards on there that I, I, I work with Bill on Brad's and other Crook guitars. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, there's one Paisley design that he actually drew up and is on you know, on the backside of, of clear. Yeah. And that's, you know, he loves that. That that was his design he came up with. Well, and that's how they actually did the Paisley Telecasters. That was paper on the, on the top, wasn't it? And then well, they, it was wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and wallpaper. And that was you know, actually made right here in Columbus, Ohio, at the Borden Company. Oh, how about that? So there you go, a little little All right. tidbit of information. But yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no reason you can't do that. I mean, in a pinch. I mean, if Rick Nielsen called and said, "Hey, I need a new checkerboard pick guard," I could probably make one out of cut vinyl and maybe black squares, and then shoot the backside with white lacquer, and it would have the same effect yeah. as screen printing it. Hmm. Well, hope that doesn't happen, because mm. then you got to do all that stuff. Uh, but the other part, I think, is a is a good addition to that. You know, you bind a lot of older pick guards, usually on like, like arch, top. arch tops and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you ever... Do you get a lot of requests to do non-traditional binding, like some other kind of like herringbone or checker? Generally not. I mean, I think the people that have high-end arch tops that they're trying to replace. Uh, I mean, for like a regular non-super expensive arch top. Um, I mean, I've made a few. I've made some bound teleguards. I've made um, some less expensive arch tops, like for an L48 uh, Gibson that uh, people wanted to upgrade it, give it a little nicer look. Um, so, the, yeah, there's options out there, but ju- by and large, most of them want traditional, you know, thick outer stripe with, yeah. you know, either two or four inside stripes. Um, and, you know... I, I think the the uh, checker or, or herringbone checkerboard. binding yeah. checkerboard is so awesome looking. Yeah. Well, my favorite use of that is on, like... Uh, like the Buck Owens telecast, the Sparkle Telecasters, and it's um, it almost looks like rope around the outside because yeah. instead of putting a white outer binding, they put a black yeah. outer binding. Yeah, and it, it it really looks like 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 rope around the outside of the edge. One of our earlier episodes, Jared, maybe you even remember recording this one. We <laughs> we couldn't find a room to save our life at the place I was working at, uh, and we did uh, Red Rocket. Um, guitars and it was uh uh you know he does these he did those bindings on on all the oh man mm-hmm. it looks so cool super cool nice i remember that specifically yes yeah um okay here's uh here's another one um uh, as far as the instruments you've worked on what is the most valuable guitar you've ever worked on hmm <laughs> I would, I would say that it would be down to one of two of Joe Bonamassa's guitars. I did a new guard for his uh, uh, 355, ES 355, the red guitar that his, old gu- his guard was crumbling. And then there was the one, um, why can't I think of the name of the, the player, but it was the Les Paul that had a, a flag pick guard on it. Hmm. Um, That's, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me put that on hold. Well, while you're doing that, and so I don't have to hear the trumpet anymore, um, here's another... I had to finish it, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Next question. So we oh. uh, so we talked about the oh the three fifty five oh the other guitar. Um, it was uh, also by that Joe owns now Joe Bonamassa. 
uh, is uh, it was um, Glenn Hughes from oh, yeah. Deep Purple. Yeah. So he had a, a Les Paul that had this flag design on the pickguard. And Joe did not want to send me the original pickguard, which is fine. So he had his, his tech uh, send a very high-resolution um, uh, photograph of it. And I was able to do um, some color printing. It doesn't look exactly right because there's a lot of wear and tear on this particular pickguard. But it probably looks right on stage. Right? It looked great on stage. And I, you know, I, w- I was sworn to secrecy for a period of time because he didn't want anybody to know that wasn't the original guard. But he was concerned about touring with that guitar and making the guard worse than than it than it could be. Right. So that that's pro- that's probably one of the highest. Or the you uh, have to show that to me in confidence. Yes. Um, okay. If you could have one piece of gear for all time and eternity from your collection, past or present, forsaking all others, what would it be? Well, I think we kind of answered that. I think did we? The Jaguar. I mean, I. I you that's know, the one. I. It's. All of your collection goes out. A big moving van pulls up. Everything goes in the truck. See you later. But you get that Jag back? Because he can't have it back in reality. That's why. No, maybe not. Maybe not. If everything else had to go... um... Yeah, it would. (laughs) No. Yes, come on. You know you want it back, Tony Balloon. I well, do he want does, it back. But that's not the, but not the that, question. Yeah, no, you know, I think, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, and we've asked, you know, this, what's the, you know, if your house is on fire, what guitar would you grab? Right. It's my, my, my Rick 12 string. The wow, 360. You'd want to tune that for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to. I had. Oh my god. The largest collection of electric 12 strings at one point in time, <laughs> known to mankind. But the, the, wow. Those. Ri- oh my goodness. And the only thing worse than tuning it is is doing the intonation. <laughs> no, they're they're and you don't want it. So I'm On glad you brought that up with a Bigsby. It's like going to be like a tempered thing. <laughs> no, because. So for a period of time, I, you know, Rickenbacker also makes a 12-saddle bridge for a 12-string, and it's too perfect. The intonation is too perfect. It, doesn't, it starts not sounding like a Rick oh, okay. above the fifth fret. There's some sort of out-of-tune chorusing going yeah. on. Uh, especially on the the octave strings, and that's where you'd hear, especially from like the birds. That's where it would just like totally ring out. Oh yeah, yeah, because you're you're talking about such, you know, a thin string versus a thick core string, and you know, there it's it, yeah, it's it not intonation. Yeah. So I I actually switched. I had a twelve string bridge on on my twelve string and or twelve saddle bridge on my twelve string, and I switched it back to the original six. And when you did that, I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds oh, yeah. right. Now it's, this sounds like a Rickenbacker. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you can transplant any player's left hand to yours. <laughs> Who would it be? Uh, that's kind of a personal question. Yeah. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix? He's answering them. <laughs> Jared? Jared! Jared's like, well, you're taking too long. Man. Well, you might want to answer him, too. I'll take Clapton's left hand. Clapton's left hand. Ooh. He's slow hand. I know. Yeah. I'm All right. slow. I got a slow right and then a match of the slow left. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, what about the right hand? Oh, wow. I'll take Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of a mismatch. Something's going to, yeah. you got a kerbuncle happening right He's there. He's going to have four, four of the notes for every one of them. <laughs> 
exactly. No, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I'm you know I I I do weird things sometimes. I started listening to. The Lightning Fast Fingers of Roy Clark. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This album, it, it will just totally blow you away. He's playing Roy's on a, amazing. A, jazz, a jazz master on the cover, which is very cool. This is his, I guess, pre-country days. My God, was he so good. Oh, yeah. He was, and, yep. he, and fat. you talk about fast. Yeah, and Chet Atkins on was the left the, hand. one. There you go. Right hand, Roy. Left hand, Chet. There you go. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Now, Les Ball was pretty good, too. All right. Let's see here. Okay. We're winding this up. Uh, you won the lottery. Woo! You're going to buy Jared, Jared. A, a guitar. <laughs> and I can't, you can't buy Jared. Obviously, it's not going to be a Les Paul custom. Money is no object. What do you buy him? I'm going to buy Jared. A ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. Yes. Yes. I'm going to buy Jared a Hello Kitty guitar. Okay. Money, I, no thanks, option. Tony Baloney. Yeah. What? You, Money's no object. You're going to do that? Okay. I'll be nice. You'll pick something it's, expensive it's, just it's to Jared. Am, amuse what, the Of all fella. the guitars, what do yeah. you think of when you think Jared? I think of a Martin uh, uh, vet. Veterans uh, model. He already has that, but not not the not the newest ones. Play nice, <laughs> play nice, play nice. Um, no, Jared, for you, I'm buying you a wonderful fifty-eight or fifty-nine burst. I'll it. take it. Thank you. It's I would have thought you'd go with like uh, like a stapled uh, a, a, a staple pickup, like Black Beauty. I take that too, but I'll take the burst. The See, n- and and I would have thought like a very early '60s custom SG. <laughs> yeah, he's got Again, like four. He's, of them. he's got him. He does not have a burst though. Uh, I don't have a custom, a real custom, but I did. No, um, not a custom. But I don't have a real burst. A standard. You don't have a standard. Yeah. Yeah. Boy needs a standard. All right. Okay. The last question. Does anybody want to guess what this is? Rob, you want to guess what it how, is? How could we have guessed what these questions were? I mean, we've asked okay, you questions. That, that's how many thing. times you've been punched in the Pretty random. <laughs> punched in yeah. the nose, Cheetos. Right. What Tony, color's underwear is? I don't know. Does Tony know this? how to water ski? Jeez. <laughs> I do not know how to water ski. <laughs> really? You've never been water skiing? I have skiing, never Tony? water skied oh, in my life. Oh, that would be so fun to watch. I am, I am a... <laughs> I am a piss poor guys, swimmer. You guys seen the, and the uh, great let him outdoors, finish. right? What? Go ahead, Tony. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible swimmer, and I mean, I I'm, I've gotten a lot better. My wife, my has has really. She worked with me when we first got married to get in the pool, learn to swim better. So I'm okay in the water, but it still <laughs> freaks me out, and I don't float well. Well, you, you would, right side up, you can't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you float pretty well upside. <laughs> Face down. Yeah, the dead man float, I've got yeah. going pretty well. First minute might be tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, well, the other thing is if I'm in the ocean, 
if I get out, they get a bunch of people saying, hey, push him back in. Push him back in. He's beached himself. Being great outdoors. Oh, yeah. your visual. Uh, no, I, I, I've never water skied. And I respect people who can water ski because it looks like a ton of work. I mean, I could just imagine the pool on your it's legs. It's so fun, though. Yeah. It really is. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Water. Oh, yeah. When you're younger, it's a lot easier. I also don't float. Yeah. What, what is that? I don't know. I can't float. I mean, I'm okay in salt water. I can actually float. <laughs> I'm a I mean, I, I surfed and for I did all of the water sports growing yeah. up. But I could do the basic <laughs> water skiing. I couldn't do all the trick skiing and all that stuff. But I was pretty good on the basics. Yeah. If you, you can imagine. You, you, <laughs> yeah, I just want everybody to, to see up. the visual of like Jared, Jared in a water skiing competition. Uh, Jared, uh, Jared's on his third run. He's approaching the ramp. <laughs> just puts a hole right through the ramp. <laughs> his car's a big Jared shaped hole right through the ramp. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my God. Oh, all right. Well, with that, we're going to transition out of here. Jared's got a few things he wants to share with us. Yes, that's correct. Uh, it's a really good would you rather this week. So let me go ahead and. Uh, while I'm walking down the street, I'm going to sing you this. Can you be excited about it? Would you rather... <laughs> what the... <laughs> this week's Would You Rather is from our good old longtime pal, Jonathan Jerusik. JJ! So the last ten years, you've been in a pretty successful band. You've got a lot of... Uh, Band fans mm. that hang around. Nice. Uh, you released a, a good four albums. When one day you're walking down the street. Just no. like that. And your whole band decides they want to quit. You're floored, man. And you don't know what to do, but you don't want to quit, right? So, would you rather start a new band under the same name and hope that you don't lose your following and your fans and the band people that hang around? Or would you rather start a new band from scratch and let the other... Bah. <laughs> that's all I got. What was that last let word? The other, let the other B-A. That's it. Bah. That's the end of it. Bah. Is it a sheep band? <laughs> let the other... Bah. Bah. Jared, uh, B-A. Anchorman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he did that before. Yeah. Uh, so okay. yeah, you could use that Jared, when Jared... check your phone. Hand out of the Cheez-Its box. That's great, because we were all just like... We thought he froze up. So the last 10 years, you've been in a pretty successful band. Released four good albums, and one day you're walking down the street, and your whole band decides they quit. <laughs> you're floored, and they don't know, and you don't know what to do. Uh, but you don't want to quit, though. That, that's for sure. You want to keep the, the fun going. Would you rather start a new band under the same name and hope that you don't lose your following, or would you rather start a new band over from scratch and let the other band live with the albums and legacy it has had? Okay. 
That's a good one. That's a good one, Jonathan. Um, has happened to quite a few people who oh, yeah. are in bands. Yeah, usually the band quits and then they form. Including myself. With, with without someone him? else, without you. I've got a great story about that. Okay. Okay. Save Tony? it for your time. Okay. Go ahead. Hey, if these guys quit, screw them. Okay. Keep screw the name. This is, this is what every revival band in the world does. There's one guy who played for two years in a band. Mm. I mean, live if you're part of the legacy. I hope you packed your island gear. Why? <laughs> I want to start a new band. No. <laughs> Just li- if you if everyone else quits, it's on them. They can they can start their own new bands. Okay. So no, I, I, I'm going with that. And I, whether I'm on my island or not, I'll have my new band friends with me. Sounds good. Jared? I'm going to go with the same Yay. as Tony uh, Balonsky. Me and Jared are going to start really? a band. And, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to just be, you know, different Danny. I'm just, <laughs> it, it, it makes sense to me. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with people that don't want to have anything to do with me. Well, anymore. that's already, the decision's already been made. That's what I'm saying. But, like, but you just have to choose, go, are you going to keep the name or start a new band? I'm going to. I'm going to start a new band. So you're not going <laughs> to... So no, 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 no. I mean, I'll keep the name. That's what... I'm sorry. I'll keep the name. He'll, he'll keep so the name, keep but the name. start a new band. Right. I'll keep the name. Okay. All right. He's with me. All right. Oh, Rob. Oh, I would have been okay not... Any, I, I know. I mean, Axl Rose, Rose, Rose did it for a little while. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a decade. successful uh, everyone was. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Look at him now. So... Now, I faced this problem a couple of times, and one time um, <laughs> I fired everybody in the band nah. and then restaffed it and tried to continue with the same name, and it didn't last very long. Um, and then another time, band kind of just called it quits, and I said, yeah, I'm not going to try to do that again. Here's what I've learned over the years. If you're the singer and, and you don't want the band to move forward from the point when everybody quit, cool, keep the name. Because all you're going to do is, is recycle what you've done up to that point. Right. And the singer is the most important. Anybody else, you know, they could almost anybody else. So you could change in and out, right? Unless, it's Whoa, an end, unless you're the Ventures. What, what, what? Unless you're what? The Ventures. Sure. Wow. Okay. Then the singer doesn't matter. No one else has a reference to <laughs> right, that. Right, exactly. But, so, but yeah, so if I'm an original band, I'm writing music, we're successful, yada, yada, yada. The band leaves, and then me as a guitar player... No, I'm not going to keep that band name and try to restaff it because, yeah, it'd be a, a bad cover band. Of, all you're going to be judged band. on is that you're not the thing that I love. Right, right. And, and all I'm going to do for the rest of my career mm. is play the same mm. songs for the first four albums. Mm. And, right. But badly, you yeah. know, I mean, because it's not going to be the same. So, no, absolutely call it quits, move on, pull the Dave Grohl. Nirvana's yeah, over. Yeah. Then I'm going to go do Morrissey. something else. Pull a Johnny Marr. Whoever that guy Smith is. Smith yeah. is gone. Was yeah. there Morrissey? You know, Fleet, really? Fleetwood oh, Mac yeah. was. Was there any? I don't know the history of Fleetwood Mac very well. I just know that Greeny was, you know, the famous guitar player and now the burst and all that kind of thing. But what happened to Fleetwood Mac and and how did they have a lot more success the second time around? Stevie oh, Nicks and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 I, and I mean, they, they had some popularity. What three albums some. before them? 
At least three. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I mean, but they, it was a different type of music. Yeah. And they weren't huge. It was, it was not that. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, like but, Journey. But, but to your point, they, when they did that, they didn't know that it was because it could have gone the other way. They could have actually yeah. been less successful than they were to begin with. Yeah. And Journey was yeah. a jam band until they found uh, uh, Steve. Uh, what's, what's his name? Perry. Perry. Right. Or Ario Chuckwagon. Yeah. Ario, yeah. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Todd. I'm definitely going to start a new band because of everything that Rob and I just talked about. Because that's the right thing to do, the smart thing to do, the only logical thing to do. Yeah, but what if you wrote all those songs? Well, you can still keep them. Yeah, you can still play them. And you're new. I mean, that happens a lot of times where people yeah. move on and then. Hey, we're I mean, gonna play this you, one. You guys know you this. Get the residuals yeah. if they're exactly. Successful and anyway. then every time you play it, you're, you're paying yourself. You yeah, know? that's true. All right. That was a great question, uh, JJ. Thank you so much. Tony, Thanks, you got a uh, list for us here. There is, and there are probably no changes. And stop trying to rush me, Todd, because it's just not going to happen. I wouldn't dream of it. I didn't think so. At this point in the, the 72 show. edits I have at every episode at the end are <laughs> this episode in no way evidence of that. Of, yeah. Well, Todd... Make this 175 edits. At this point of the show, we like to thank a very special group of people. These are our executive producers. Now, you might be wondering, how, what is an executive producer? And secondly, how can I, a mere mortal, become an executive producer? Well, folks, it's very easy. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out the two levels in which you can participate. Am I right, Todd, too? Yep. Each level has some really great thank you prizes, gifts, things like T-shirts and barefoot buttons and stickers and pics and all... A lots of stuff. Just go check our Instagram account and see when, when those things get released. Yeah, you know, there's... And we just had a bunch of packages go out Every 20. 20 packages. Way to keep up on it, Todd. Um, anyhow, there's one more thing as an executive producer you get. And Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. So I'm going to read from newest to oldest for a change. I usually start at the beginning. Welcome aboard, John Halverson. Right on. How about Anthony Gemellaro? Yeah. Rick Calhoun. Welcome. Trevor Gunberg. Mike D. Elad Mizrahi. Mark Garten. Gary Cooper. Jason Roush. John Jackson. Tig Harmon. Richard Kendall. Bill Gola Guitars. Matt Hart. James White. Justin Jones. John Esterly. Brad Partridge. John Anglin. Anthony Lathrop. Stefan Lamb. Michael Senchuk. Brian Robison. Ken Sayers, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, and Tom Barazin. Right on. <laughs> you, were, you were getting prepared for I a was big one. getting prepared. But wait. Yes? Because there's a special, special group of executive producers. Yes, the next level up. The next level up. We call them our grand poobahs. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for finishing my sentences. So, what I'd like to do is send a special tip of the fez and a thank you to these grand poobas 
Again, reading from newest to oldest. All right. For a change. And this one, as we said last time, was an upgrade. Martin Cliff. Yes, sir. On his way to uh, Transylvania? Something like that. Yeah, Romania. Budapest. Budapest. How about Michio Murakishi? Yes. I was practicing, Michio. Sam Jett. Bob Crouch. Mel Sanders. Johnny Morales. John Williams. LSJ Music Company. James Pennington. Tyler Rines. Tim Nowak. Steve Keys. Adam Johnson, Tommy Manasco, Shaughness, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, David Kaminga, Corey Nigro, and the author of today's Would You Rather, Jonathan Jurassic. That's right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you all much. so very, very much. Keeping our it. wheels spinning. Much obliged. Tony, where can people find you? Go over to uh, pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things I have available there. Um, as we always say, or as I always say, a lot of what I do is custom work. Let me know what you're looking for, what you want, what you need, and I will make sure it happens. Put yourself out there. It's like, you know, when you have a guitar and you got your your uh, pickguard and you're like, well, I guess I could get it's like It's like walking in a tattoo shop and going, yeah, I guess I'll get that little one. Screw that. Get the big get one. Get the big one all the way across the, the back. Get the one that's I mean, making a statement. There's some, weird, there's some weirdos that like like gold sparkle pickguards. I know. It's sparkle. crazy. Uh, Rob, how about yourself? Mad Cow Amplification at uh, Instagram, Facebook. I think I have YouTube somewhere. Nice. Perfect. Uh, Jared. Uh, you can get a hold of me through our Guitar Knobs um, social media accounts. And That's right. please ask me general pickup questions. Yeah. Uh, you can DM me on Instagram, at Guitar Knobs, where I will send anything you're to Jared's way that might be deemed necessary, as well as send an email, Todd, at the guitarknobs.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're grateful that you have joined us for another fantastic episode of the Guitar Knobs. Thank you to Tony, uh, our beloved patron we saint you, of buddy. guitar knowledge, and uh, Anthony. <laughs> and uh, Rob, thank you for joining us yet again. Thank you, Todd. And yeah, you uh, hey, everybody, me. have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yes! Yeah. Let it shine wherever Let it, it shine wherever you go. I'm uh, not going to remember that. No, you. I just said it. You don't have to remember it. <laughs> Tony. Yes. I think everyone and not everybody it. has to like you, Tony, but boy, oh boy, an awful lot of people do, including us three. Really? And I yeah. do, too. That's, sure you're part of that three, it. Jared. That's sure he's still One, out. two, three. I'll let you know. <laughs> the hell is he doing jared gives, oh i had such brands. a big burp waiting there oh. we're not allowed to touch the buttons That's do the not touch no, the no, buttons no i know but todd will have access to the buttons we can put the jeopardy theme on there we can put um right, i just sent it to you that walking we can put the footstep thing on there we can do all kinds no, of we don't need that i can do that hey everybody's me <laughs> I clap. Get it. I... somebody knocking at the door Somebody ringing a bell. Do me a favor. Open the door. And let let him in. Last week because it was it was just an enormous weekend and week last week. Without further adieu, adieu to you and you and you.
I'll let that. So, I'll keep that in. Um, not. That in. I, <laughs> kill you, Jared. Can you come to headquarters? You're fired. <laughs> I saw that transition. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.